welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Richard Avram Dotson, here with my fellow hosts, Matthew Christopher O'Hara? With a question mark inflection. Is it Christopher? Nailed it. Oh, I am so good. Dude, how do you know your best friends? Mm-hmm. Is when you know the other one's middle name. Yep. Yeah, my middle name, eh, not so great. You've got a unique middle name, so I've known that for quite a while. Yeah, it's pretty, uh, when I was younger, I was embarrassed by it. I don't know, because I was just young and dumb. You know, the whole world was new to me. It was. Uh, right. I never heard that word before. And I was like, <laughs> what's your middle name? What's that mean? I don't know. It's my name. Means my middle name. Don't wear it out. Uh, so we're here today, back for another podcast. A day late, but hey, 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 no big deal. Things uh, happen. Things happen. You know, technical issues happen, or you know, technically something went wrong or did not go wrong, and here we are. It's the off season, baby. You can wait one more day. Right. No tease. big deal. Nothing's happening. No. Yeah, it's a little fluff, fluff. You know, <laughs> you didn't miss a thing. Not a thing at all. You know. Get, Gave me time, more time to focus on the Cavs before they go in the All-Star break. Right. With a whole new team looking oh, fantastic. Uh, excited about that. They did look good. I finally got a chance to watch them yesterday. Yeah. Looks great, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gives me a little bit of fl- blood flow. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Here I'm excited. Go. Creepy Rich well, is you know, coming you know, out from, early. You know, in Cleveland here, you don't get to spell, celebrate a lot of championships. So when you're in a position to have the best player on the planet, you know, you have to, you know, seize the moment, as they say, and – uh Enjoy those moments. And right now, we have a really good baseball team. Carpe dia. Carpe diem. Carpe diem. Uh, carpe, right. just two words, diem. 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 Go ahead. Day. You know what I mean? It's day in Latin, right? the day. Go ahead. Where's the the part? Carpe, seas, diem, day. Seas, day? I don't know, man. I'm not a linguist. I see daylight, too. What are you trying to say? Oh, see the day. The day. The day. Oh, boy. Who dis? <laughs> Sorry, uh, to so sidetrack today, you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm going to go on a different tangent here. Uh, so today we were going to originally we were going to take a couple questions and do a show after we answered a couple questions. But then we had like 55, 60 questions come in. So we're like, hey, let's, let's just do a whole show and answer some questions because some of these questions are pretty good. And you listeners are really going to enjoy this podcast because we're going to hit on such a broad range of categories. You're going to be like, wow, I came away. So much smarter after listening. I'm going to listen back to that and become twice as smart as somebody else. So for somebody that didn't listen to this podcast, I am three times dynasty smarter than they are. I have all the answers. I don't have crystal balls like Rich, but close enough. They may be glass or something. Who knows? Possible. Yeah. <laughs> fragile, most likely. Most <laughs> balls are very fragile. Um, so that's what we're going to do. Next week, we're going to get into uh, free agency podcast and it actually came off of pablo escobar's tweet well not necessarily we're gonna do the show anyways but his question was which upcoming free agents might be worth taking a risk on before they move to a new team backups not getting a chance or fringe players who may get a bigger role example of robert woods of last year that comes from our boy paul hodges overseas out there in uh england area that's our boy paul he's been a listener a long time cool appreciate him yeah uh shout out to you paul we will do a whole show on your uh that question and we'll tribute it to you god save the queen paul All right. god save the queen uh and i hope you get invited to that upcoming wedding with uh carson wentz and susan merkel or whatever her name is 
Urkel. I have no idea what you're talking about. Carson Wentz is marrying Steve Urkel. Oh, that sounds amazing. It's going to be glorious. Dinner. The Queen's going to be there. <laughs> yes, you did, nerd. <laughs> Pipe down. So why don't we just jump right into it? Now, the first question we get is from Superflexer FFF. F two Fs that is. You can follow him at Twitter at Superflexer FF because um, he's doing a lot of mock drafts, Superflex mock drafts, and uh, he's really helping us out at the site because he's providing us with that content. So uh, make sure you give him a follow, Superflexer FF. His first question is, who has the better best bench press, Matt or Rich? Now, uh, there's only one way to really decide that, and we did right before the show started. We went into my gym. And we, we load up the weights. We loaded them up. Uh, first, we put on 295 pounds, and we both successfully lifted the 295 pounds. We did. We were both very pleased. We're like, we wow, we were proud of weight. ourselves, yes. We were proud. I haven't maxed out in a long time. Neither have I. And we both did it, and uh, we felt good about it. Don't need to flex your breasticles at me. That just happened I subconsciously. Said, oh, <laughs> Sorry. Look at you over there. Uh, and then we added five more pounds to make it 300. That magical five pounds. And then uh, we, we attempted. I attempted. I couldn't lift it. You attempted. You couldn't lift it. We took a little break. We attempted again. I lifted it. You did lift it, and I did not. And you did not. So the answer to that question is, Rich could bench press more weight than Matt. In my defense, tonight, though. Tonight. In tonight. my defense, I did just get over the flu, okay. which I had fair. last week. And That's I, fair. I'm not up to full strength. But listen. When we go back and listen to this podcast 30 years from now, right on February 14th, 2017, that moment in time, I could outbench Matt. I lifted three. I don't even know the last time I lifted 300 pounds. That's heavy. Uh, yeah. It's been but then while. we tried a third time because you're like, listen, before we start a podcast, <laughs> let's go back in there. Let's give this a whirl because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be a loser. This was truly the law of diminishing returns because we uh, didn't even get close. Or, yeah, and yeah. I didn't do it either. No, I couldn't do it. Neither so one of us I did it one out of three. Matt went 0 for 3. He struck out. I was really close the one time. You were actually very close. Yeah. Uh, I thought you said you couldn't get it. But you said, I got this, and I helped you. You're right. So, it's so all right. maybe you would have got it, but your right arm was going the opposite way it should have been going while your left arm was going the correct way. I, right. So I just used my uh, gut instinct. No, you used I'm your stronger. gut instinct. It was the right thing to do. I'm so beefy. Right. I'm so strong. We didn't, have, we didn't, have, the weights. Weights. We didn't have the weights clipped on, so that could have gone, really, gone bad pretty quick. Yeah, you were marky-marking it, feeling the vibrations. I was. Yes. Right. So uh, uh, once again, I beat Matt. <laughs> That is correct. You can now, moving on. You can now not refer to me to at Dynasty Beefcake. Uh, that's the only thing I'll be answering to from now on. I too will have chesticles. And you have you have earned that moniker, sir. <laughs> next question. Now the all I can promise you the next questions are all Dynasty related. Let's get into it. We are going down to the next question of at Devil Pope. Is it? Yeah, uh, yes, I believe so. Okay, Devil Pope. Hey, that's a nice name. Uh, his question is, is Mike Evans worth trading a 1-1 for? Well, Devil, that's a pretty simple answer. Of course Mike Evans is worth the 1-1. If I have 1-1. It might be the Evil Pope. The Evil Pope. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, it is the Evil Pope. Yeah, there we go. I'm sorry, Devil. That's the complete opposite. Yeah. Well, that's just kind of the same thing. If you're the Evil Pope. Yeah. Whatever. It's, it's all relative. Uh he says, is Mike Evans worth the 1-1? So now if you have the 1-1, these are the kind of moves that you're trying to make, right? Right. Because right sure. now the Squam Barkley hype is real. I mean, people are – it's crazy what people are, are valuing the 1-1 at. 
of a rookie who's never done anything. Right. So obviously, you know, Mike Evans is the long term play and really the the stable play there as well. But what do you, what do you think? Um, is Mike Evans worth the one point one to you? Is he? No, he's worth more than that. Okay. So right. I mean, I'm easily taking Mike Evans here without even a I, like. To me, that's not even a brain, no. That's a no brainer. These are the kind of offers. If you have one one, I think we have a question later asking some along these lines too. So we'll come back onto this as well. But the if you have one one, you're looking for somebody in your league because there's going to be leagues out there. They're going to offer you, hey, I'll give you DeAndre Hopkins for uh, one one sold sold. This guy is suffering sign. temporary insanity. Yeah, I'm, I don't care. This is not the court of law. I'm going to take advantage of him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so it, it's pretty much like one of the only reasons I think we have a multiple, like one, one questions. In there. We do. We do have several one, one questions, but right now the value is I'm only taking somebody that's offering me heat for one, one Saquon Barkley. Cause I personally think Saquon Barkley is going to be that good. I think there's a very good chance that Saquon Barkley could be the one, one overall fantasy dynasty running back here in the next two years. But at the same time, you have to take that with the notion of he has done nothing yet. There's been tons of people that we thought were going to come to the league and be studs guaranteed, and they have not. Even if they end up being quite good, that's a big difference between Mike Evans and being very good, right? Absolutely. Um, Devontae Freeman's a good running back. I don't really, I mean, I'm kind of down on, down on Devontae Freeman going forward in Dynasty. Personally, I'd be looking to sell him, but Devontae Freeman's a good Dynasty running back. Is he Mike Evans? If somebody offered you Mike Evans for Devontae Freeman, you'd be like, dude, get out of here. You know what I mean? I'm, Mike Evans is worth way more than Devontae Freeman. Absolutely. So if Barkley comes in and he's a running back one, but low end running back one, like running back eight to 12, which again, I'm not predicting, then, you know, Mike Evans wins that trade outright. Yeah. So if you get a player like that, that's a guaranteed player, and we'll get in that here again shortly, then you take that. If not, you hold Saquon Barkley and you go into it hoping you get the one one, because then if he does end up being like a Todd Gurley right now, who is the number one dynasty running back, you would say. Then you could then you could flip him for the the receiver that you do want. So right. if somebody's offering you Mike Evans, you're like, oh, I'm not kind of in Mike Evans. He's had a down year. Uh, I want to see a little bit more. I'm more of a DeAndre Hopkins guy. Then you can start getting into that realm of player. Moving on, shall we? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, next question comes from at Packers Talk USA. Thoughts on Le'Veon Bell for the one one and the one two. So here we go again. So Le'Veon Bell, arguably the best running back in the NFL. Yes, at this point. Steelers are now officially clearing cap space, giving people upfront money like David DeCastro working, reworking contracts to get more money, which we would say is to re-sign Le'Veon Bell. I would think so. Which yep. would be great news if he goes back to the same offense because then, he, again, he's the best running back in the business. That being said, if somebody's offering me the 1-1 and a 1-2 for Le'Veon Bell, I personally would take that deal. I mean, I think this is, this is a tougher question in a vacuum, you know, I mean, obviously you can answer it, you know, is he, is he worth the 1.1 and the 1.2, um, on your own team, you know, knowing the, the, the full makeup, your upper makeup of your team is a lot easier to answer that question. Like what kind of makeup mascara lipstick? Right. Okay. But without knowing all that kind of stuff, it, it does become a little bit more challenging. If Bell's your only player, you know, it'd be a good time to unload him and and get those two young players to to really boost a, a nice little rebuild. But for me, um, for me, I, I think at this point it's worth it's it's still worth it. 
to, yeah. to trade him for the 1.01 and because the 1.02 just because some of the issues that come along with him. He's in a he's at a obviously the running back position. He's not going to get a third contract. You know, this is going to yeah. be it for him. Mm-hmm. And, and and getting the 1.01 and 1.02 allows you to get two young studs, Saquon Barkley and and whoever really you want. You might be able to get two two running backs for the price of one there that'll you'll be able to ride for the next eight years. Because even if Barkley's not as good as Bell, fantasy-wise, I mean, I would imagine the point differential being that drastic. Okay? Right, and he'll be around four years from now. And again, we both think that Barkley is going to be the, one of the top-tier running backs. So, alone, Barkley alone's probably worth Bell if he pans out alone. So, one, two. So, you can look at it. Okay, say you need running back help. Then you definitely do it because then you come away with you right. know, Geis, Geis, and you come away man. with uh, Barkley. Right. If you need wide receiver help, you most likely could take that one-two and flip it into, a, you know, maybe a Jarvis Landry if you give up one-two and something else, you yep. know, or receiver and something else. And then worst case, you know, you trade back just a couple picks to get Sutton or a James Washington or Ridley and still come away with, you know, maybe like, maybe you can get like a, two, a high second-round pick and then you get one of these good tight ends as well. So to me... I really think that's a no-brainer. I would take the picks. And somebody tweeted right after us, CB Moneyballers going, yeah, that's a no-brainer as well. Take the picks. Moving on to at Matthew4334. Uh, he says, I have picks 1-5 and 112 in this year's draft, and I won my league this year. I have Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, Mark Ingram, Lewis, and Burkhead. I'm thinking of trading Le'Veon Bell for the 1-1 to take Barkley. Is this fair straight trade? Now, we just said a minute ago that, you know, if it pans out, it's worth it. But you don't know if it's going to pan out. And the way I look at that is you just won your league. And your running backs, you might look at it by listening to all those guys that you're deep. But listen, Burkhead's a free agent. Deion Lewis is a free agent. We don't know what's going to happen with them. Nope. This is too deep of a running back class. And it's kind of deep at free agency as well. So you can't count those guys on at all. So that leaves you Mark Ingram, Zeke Elliott, and Le'Veon Bell. Now, Mark Ingram. You know, he's going to probably most likely play another year in New Orleans. But after that, he's going to be gone out of New Orleans. Right. And by then, with all the tread on his tires, he's going to be one of those guys that probably still has a little bit left, but it's going to go to a timeshare situation most likely. Anyways, his fantasy value is going to drop. So that really leaves you then, if you take trade Barkley uh, for Bell, you're, you get Barkley and Zeke is what you're looking at, and you're hoping Barkley turns into Bell. Now, remember, the whole point of playing is to win. You just won last year with Bell, and you won with Zeke. Why mess with it? Yeah, this is a a much more specific question, obviously, because he's laying out some of of his teams. So, to me, it does become a lot clearer and easier to answer this question. Um, And for me, I would would keep Bell. I mean, obviously, you just won the league, and you have a much better chance of winning again and repeating if you have Bell, I think, than Saquon Barkley coming into his first year in the league. And who knows what he really is. I mean, you're hoping he's something good like you were saying, but you know what you have in Bell. You have a window here with with Bell, Zeke, and Ingram, at least for one more year, to keep this thing together and go on a and championship. And go for back-to-back yep. ships, which is more important. Like, I'm in a predicament with the Dynasty Nerds League, where I came in second place. I almost won the whole thing. I have a pretty good squad coming back, and I have three solid running backs. Zeke, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Leonard Fournette, and Melvin Gordon. Now, if I traded... Leonard Fournette, I can come away right now. I even have an offer on the table. I can get A.J. Green and something else, right? Right. Which I could use that receiver because my receivers are Stephon Diggs and Brandon Cooks and then like Sterling Shepard or Golden Tate. So I could use that receiver. 
But it goes right back to the point of, okay, if I trade one of my running backs, and I don't have any draft picks this year because I trade a way to win the ship, then I'm hurt. You know, if one of my running back goes down, then I'm not winning. And then A.J. Green's not going to help me. You know, so right. it's kind of like I was already go. I was already in a good spot where it is where I have a chance to win. I'm not going to mess with the dynamics of my team. Uh, his second part of his question is, is 1-5 too high for Goddard? Now, I love Dallas Goddard. I really do. Um, he's probably going to jump Mark Andrews in my dynasty rankings here. The more tape I watch of him. Okay. They'll both be first-round picks most likely in my final mock draft here. But I love him. But at the same time, he again, he has Mark Ingram. Uh, or Evan Ingram, David Njoku, and George Kittle. So he doesn't need to take Goddard there. No, I think I think 1.5 is a little early for him at this point. Um, yeah, just trade back, man. Just trade back. Tra- trade back or, or fall in love with somebody else. You know, who knows? Okay. So moving on here is the next one. Question is from at FF Truth. It says, where does the first QB get drafted in a Superflex rookie draft? And who is it? Well, now lucky for you, as we said in the first half, is... <laughs> We have somebody out there. Uh, I mean, he's not really ours. He's out there doing it, but he's lucky enough to share his info with us. We're, is, we're lucky enough that he shares yeah. his info. <laughs> it was really good is he's using our Facebook group page as his like platform. Cool. So yeah. that's where he, like he gets a lot of his mock drafters from there. He posted all on our Facebook page, so he's pretty much supplied applying this information on our Facebook page. So if you ever ever need another reason to hop on our website and join our Facebook group. That's it. He's on there posting all this ADP data and information he's gathering from all these mock drafts onto our Facebook page. So make sure you go to com, join our group chat, and it's going to link you right into our Facebook page. It's a great place to talk Dynasty fans to football. It's like a forum, but a little bit more modern age for you. So I highly recommend joining that. And his ADP as of literally today, right? Here's his top 12 ADP for super flex leagues. For rookies. Are mm-hmm. you ready for it? 1-1, one, one, Saquon Barkley. No doubt. 1-2, Darius Geis. Okay. 1-3. Seems fair. Sony Michelle. All right. Well, it's like we did our own little thing going on Sound, there. Sounds pretty familiar. 1-4, uh, Nick Chubb. No, mm, not for me. Yeah. Not for me. That seems early. 1-5, Ronald Jones. Mm, okay. I like that. All right. I like him right around 1-5. Yeah. Right around there. Now, the first running back off the board comes at 1-6. Quarterback. Well, actually, technically, him and Ronald Jones are tied. They both have an ADP of 6.75. The first quarterback off the board is Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. And right behind him is going to be Josh Rosen. So they have, right now, the ADP in a super flex mock draft has the ADP going right around pick five of Baker Mayfield. Now, for me personally, my first quarterback that I would take as well is Baker Mayfield. He's my one when it comes to quarterback. He... To me, it's so hard to predict quarterbacks. I mean, people get paid millions of dollars to predict quarterbacks, and they still can't get it right. Okay, totally agree. It's like Hugh Hefner picking a girlfriend. All right, you just don't you don't know if it's going to last long. That's why you just have five of them. Yeah, is it you and him. <laughs> hey, I'll take you, you, and you. You're all blonde. What do you know? Uh, so, to me, I think Baker Mayfield is going to be at worst a quality starting quarterback. Yep. So it's going to be a quarterback for the next 10 years in the league. You know, will he be the new next Drew Brees? Well, you can't say that because Drew Brees is an all-time great. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? Can he be a Russell Wilson? Absolutely. I want my quarterbacks to be smart, competitive, and most importantly, accurate. Accuracy is so important when it comes to quarterbacks. 
and that's what he is. Yep. He's mobile. He throws the ball on the right side of the body and, and, and stuff like that, coming out of breaks and leads receivers really well. And yep, he's, he's he's a very accurate quarterback. Man. He's, gotten, he's gotten better every single year. Yep. There's everything about him I like. Now, most likely he won't be the 1-1, but he might be with Cleveland. He might be, but most likely not. You have a guy like Sam Darnold. For me, Josh Rosen, you know, these, these Jay Cutler comps, I hate that for, for something good. Oh, bad. gosh, yeah. And he's he's a little slim for me, uh, a little slender. Sometimes like quarterbacks, quarterbacks like that get beat up, and it's kind of hard for them to have a long-term success as well, even though he's got got a, got a really good arm. I would like Sam Darnold, number two, personally. So I, I'm not really sold on Sam Darnold either. So, I mean, I, for me, it's Mayfield uh, right now, early, and – I mean, as far as the rest of them, it, it's going to depend on who, where they get drafted, you know, how early and all that kind of stuff as to as to where I end up slotting these guys with my last, you know, my final my final go there. So where do you think for ADP wise, you think it's about right right around pick five, four, four or five? Yeah, I could see. I mean, in a super flex, um, I mean, I could see a quarterback going off the board at number four. But and again, it, and it depends. How, it, make up of your team. Like if you have one quarterback and that's it, right. say that's all you have that, is yeah. one quarterback, then and you have the number two pick. You're most likely going to take a quarterback, right? There. That's that's the thing. Otherwise, you trade down. Yeah, I mean, if if you're sitting there at two and and you love a guy, I have no problem in a super flex taking the quarterback. If you if you're in love with the guy, he's got a great situation. You think he's going to play right away. Um. Take him. Yeah. Uh, I, that's in a super a flex, that's where I'd have him, right around four, because I would probably most likely mo- – most people have a need at running back. I would probably gamble take the and take the running back at one, two, and three with Geis, Michelle, and Barkley. Yeah, but, you, I mean, you get your quarterback, you, you mean, you get the right one, you have him for 15 years. You know? No, I agree. So it, it's, it's hard. I mean, if, if you think you have the right guy, I, I'm not – if, I wouldn't be hesitant to pull the no, trigger. at two. No. I would take one as high as two is yeah. where I would say because if I didn't have – if I was in a situation – so in our Superflex League, I have Matt Ryan, Eli Manning, and Mitch Trubisky. I need a quarterback badly. But I also have no running backs. Right. So at one – I have the fourth pick. At one four, I'm, I would more likely take – if that situation where somebody else took a quarterback ahead of me, take the running back over a quarterback – but at the same time, I can see myself at one four if all those guys are there. If they all go running back, I'm taking Baker Mayfield. Yeah, so no, I, yeah, see, no doubt. I see the four, right. and I just hope one of those running backs comes back to me in the second half of the draft. So I think right around the anywhere from two to four is where you're looking to take the first quarterback. I know it's a wide spectrum, but I think it depends on your team because you have to see you have to assume right there in the fourth with the fourth pick in the second round, you're not they're they're not coming back to you. Oh no, there's no quarterbacks left. I don't think, but I at that point, so. yeah. So, okay, I think that answered that question. Moving on to at the real McCoy 89's question, what do I do with Devin Funches? Well, I mean, to me, I think that's a pretty pretty simple question. I think he's just starting to realize his potential now, and and I think you hold him. I mean, Why wouldn't you hold him? Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to – I feel like if you try to sell Funches, you're not going to get correct value, first of all. I agree. He just started coming on here. I mean, obviously, once Calvin Benjamin got traded out of town – um, he started to realize his value a little bit, and then he he got nicked up towards the end of the season. I think it was a shoulder, I, I believe, right? For who? Uh, Funches. Yeah. So so. so his you know his fantasy production was a little down at the end of the year, but I think I think going into next year he's going to be the clear you know number one option there as a, as far as a wide receiver goes, and, and you just hold him, man. Um, 
Yeah, I don't see them going out there and signing Allen Robinson or Jarvis Landry. So I don't see them adding a number one receiver to their roster, which would leave Devin Funchess as their bona fide number one. Now, maybe they will draft a receiver. Remember when they traded away Kevin uh, Kelvin Benjamin is because they really like Cur- Curtis Samuel. Right. I like Curtis Samuels a lot, too. But we just learned recently, uh, last week we learned, that during his big ankle break that he had ligament damage. Right. So that is bad. Ligament damage is no bueno, my friends. No, sir. That is bad news. So we have no idea when he's going to be back. And when he does come back, how effective he can totally be on a player that totally thrives on his agility and explosiveness. So if he loses that, that hurts him. And we'll know pretty early by what the, uh, the Carolina Panthers do in the draft. So no matter what, I look at Kelvin Benjamin going into next year as the lockdown number one receiver there in Carolina. Not Kelvin Benjamin, but... Devin Funches. Devin Funches, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just can't get sweet Kelvin off my mind. I know. That tub of goo. <laughs> I wonder how fat he is right now. Oh, he's so fat. <laughs> he's like, come on, man. It was Super Bowl fun day, Sunday. It was Fat Tuesday the other day. Oh, come man. on. He's fat got, Tuesday. I wonder how many cheeseburgers he ate on, on Fat Tuesday. 37. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's a hold. I think he's a pretty good value right now. And if anything, if you're going to sell Devin Funches... I think the time right, if you do have aspirations to get rid of him and unload him off your roster because you're not a true believer, is it would be in season. Because, one, he's going to produce early. Yep. And his value, I think, of anything, it's going to rise because then he's going to have a track record of stability uh, producing there. So I would look to sell a Devin Funches in season if the price is right. I mean, if someone in your league is hot for him or something and offers you something ridiculous, sell him. I mean, that's that's the case for every player. Right, exactly. Take note, Dynasty players. If anybody offers you somebody something ridiculous, take it. Yeah, I mean, for the most part. Yeah, but like, what if Dumpit Devin Funches starts off hot, right? Hot, like a tamale. Mm, like a tamales like, are good. Oh, they are so good. <laughs> like a jalapeno, right? Uh-huh. And then. Corey Davis doesn't start off as hot. And you could flip somehow in some realm of, you know. Crazy land. Yeah. Say you can go into a cave and come back in 1984. Uh, you can trade him for Corey Davis. Then you make that trade. All right, Doc Brown. I like that. Doc Brown. You said go back in time. and yeah. I was referencing my new favorite show on Netflix, Dark. Oh, my bad. When you go through the cave. Right. Remember you came over and I said, hey, you, there's this new show you got to watch. Are you okay with watching it in a different language? And you say, I am currently watching one in a different language. <laughs> and the show is going to tell you. Well, I am. I'm obviously not as far along as you. So. Yes. There's a show on uh, Netflix. It's from Germany. It's called Dark. Uh, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a Back to the Future meets Stranger Things kind of show. A little bit more mature than Stranger Things. A little bit darker. Very, very good. Yep, it is. I had to give you the hint I just gave Matt, though. When you start watching the show, they dub it into English. Hit pause. Go to your options. Turn on the subtitles and watch it in German. The show is called Dark. It's on Netflix. Rich Dotson gives it two thumbs up. You're three episodes in. You give it two thumbs up. I like it. It's and a- I've, I've been watch I've been watching it dubbed, which is why I'm not farther along probably than I because I've I watched one and then I watched something else for a couple and then I came back and watched it again and then I kind of drifted away because the dubbing is hard to listen to. But so so that's a good tip, man. Too. So here here's my Sunday. Ready for it? Yep. So I don't really watch a lot of TV shows. I just don't. If I start, I don't have the time to like watch every single week DVR them. There's very few that I watch, like Walking Dead, Game of Thrones. Of course, I have to watch that. Right. It's a pretty much. That's it. I watched a show called The Colony, too. It's a, but we, my wife DVR that. 
So I wake up early Sunday morning. Kids are sleeping. Wife has a day set where she's going to go watch that Fifty Shades of Grey movie, whatever it's called, whatever it is. Whatever. She wants to get all worked up for me. You gotcha. Know, she wants to get all hot and bothered <laughs> gotcha. to come home all in the mood for love. Gotcha. Uh, and she's going to go out with her sister beforehand, and have lunch, do nails, whatever. So she's out for the day. She wakes up. She goes downstairs to work out. I'm like, what am I going to do? My buddy told me to watch the show dark. I'm like, I'll watch the first episode. It's like 830 in the morning. Kids are still sleeping. Watch the first show. Proceed downstairs to the wife. I go, hey, wife. Guess what I just did? I just watched a show. Let me tell you the premise real quick because I don't think, because, you know, I don't want to watch something and she wants to watch it with me. And then, right, right. I'm like, I don't think you'll like it. First of all, it's in German. It's about, like, you know, people can go back in time kind of thing, you know, blah, blah. And she's like, I wouldn't like that. I'm like, yes. Score. So now, now your marathon is on, huh? So she goes upstairs <laughs> after, like, she works out for an hour. Right. And she gets ready. So after, like, two hours later, she's getting ready to leave. She's like, you're still watching the show? I'm like, yeah. She's like, are you going to watch this show all day long? I'm like, yes. Yes, I am. I had children to be responsible for. I wasn't very responsible. <laughs> oh, I fed them lunch. I think that's the only thing we talked about. What do you want for lunch? Don't bother me the rest of the day. Well. She came home for the movie. I had a half hour left of the last episode. I binge watched all 10 episodes. Holy cow, man. It's that good. That's amazing. Moving on. Shall we? Let's move on. Enough about my personal life. Oh, by the way. The wife did not come home so hot and bothered. No. Extremely must, disappointed. Might not, must not have been a good movie. Both first two movies, hot and bothered. Third one, no good, huh? No good. Not very happy. Where were we? Fun chess. Let's get on to... Uh, At butts and guts, do. <laughs> Superflex non-rebuild. What? Whoa, whoa, you skipped Jim Wiener. Oh, did I? You went right from the butt. You skipped Wiener for the butts. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Typical mistake. I, too, would go for the butts over the Wiener. Yeah, well. But in a different realm of sexuality, I would go for both. All right. But let's get back to uh, at Jim Wiener, shall we? Yeah, yes, sir. Uh, will, will Quincy Inua come win comeback player of the year in 2018? It's my bold prediction that he does. Huh. It's pretty bold. That is bold. Now, if you're going to make a bold prediction, that's how you do it. Uh, that's early, and that is bold. One. Uh, okay. I'm going to let you handle this, old crystal ball man. <sighs> yeah. Let me bust out these balls real quick. Yeah, take them out. Haven't busted these out for a little while. Let me get a little of the dust off there. <laughs> Ooh, that tinkled. Uh, Jesus. Will Quincy Inua be 2018 Comeback Player of the Year? It says, boy, are you stupid. <laughs> no, uh, that no, it no. Does, no, it does not. My Comeback Player of the Year would be Dalvin Cook. All right. You know, he's sure, going to no, come back. He's going to dominate. He's going to be new offensive coordinator, John DeFilippo. Uh, one of the first statements he made arriving into Minnesota was going, I'm extremely happy to be here to work with a player like Dalvin Cook. I was very high on him coming on the draft. He's one of my favorite players in this draft. I can't wait to utilize him in my offense. Well, that's that you don't get more glowing than that, do you? If you are a Cook owner, nothing makes you go more from six to midnight than that, right? You are an excited person. You are, it's like you're, you're so excited. It's like you're staying outside in the cold with no shirt on. You are rock solid, baby. So I think Dalvin Cook's going to come back. <laughs> I think I'm the only person that knows what you're just talking about right there. I, I, with your shirt off. Just talking about nipples, baby. I, yeah, okay. Cutting glass. Yep. So a new, uh, I mean, it's more question marks. We don't even know. They don't, you know, who the quarterback's going to be. 
We don't know where he's going to fit into that offense. We don't even know if a new way even has a possibility to be the number one. You know, the year prior to when you go back to set sixteen, is yeah, he had another year pretty solid, right? Looked okay. That's but what we it, don't know if he, somebody focuses on him to be the number one receiver that he, that he can't be shut down. He's coming off a pretty big injury. We don't know. Plus, plus Robbie, I mean, Robbie Anderson. I know he, he's had some off the field stuff. And yeah, that dude's stupid. And who knows if he'll get suspended? But I think he established himself pretty Robbie, nicely as listen, the biggest playmaker listen, there. I just benched three hundred pounds, Robbie. So I'm not afraid to say this. You're stupid. <laughs> okay. Did I just say I, just ben- I benched 300 pounds? Yeah. You, yeah, you're stupid. That, okay. Come at me, bro. You become bold. You probably still beat me up. With your buffness, don't you? But I'd still I'd still say it uh, to his face. Yeah, he's a, yeah. In a nicer way, though. So, <laughs> you would like, probably, come on, dude. You're doing sure stupid things. That. If you do stupid things, you're a stupid person. Am I not right? All right? You can be. You can do stupid things without being a stupid person. If, like, if I, was, if I ran fast, I'd be a... I'd be a fast runner, right? You'd be a fast person if you ran fast, but yeah. just because you do something stupid doesn't mean that you're stupid. It's not the first time you've done something stupid, though. That's the whole thing. Good when, point. When you do something consistently, like if you lie all the time, what do you say? Dude, he's a habitual liar. He's a liar. Right? True statement. If you say one lie, people are like, oh, oh, oh. Look at the, he said the sky's blue. I highly doubt that. The guy's a habitual liar. So... Yeah, I I am not voting Quincy Newwood. Where would you put Quincy Newwood in your rankings? Pretty low, probably, right? Very low. Way too many yeah. question marks. Way too many question marks. Not a great offense. And they could draft a guy like they could sign a big guy in free agency to be their number one, and they're probably still going to draft a guy as right. well. Right. And like you said, Robbie Anderson's there. Hey, and don't forget about my boy Chad Hansen. Chad Hansen's there. Baby steps. Yeah. Moving on up, yep. Jefferson style. True statement. Oh, now we can get to the butts. Butts and no guts butts about it. do. So, butts and guts do. Superflex, non-rebuild. What would be the return you would want for Julio Jones? So where's Julio vo- Jones' value nowadays? Now, this current ADP and our friend's uh, ADP of DynastyLeagueFootball.com is number 10. 10. Right. Now, the first thing I saw when I thought when I saw ADP of 10, okay, where's AJ Green? ADP of 18. That's almost a whole round difference. To me, that's kind of looney toony. I think people are putting down A.J. Green for the simple fact that last year he had a hamstring injury. That's a lingering injury. Uh, I was just talking about somebody with this on uh, Twitter. We were having a little short conversation. He was he broke down all the players that had hamstring injuries. And I said, hey, we just talked about that in a podcast not too long ago, how the hamstring injury, it lingers. Every time oh, yeah. somebody hurts their hamstring, what do we always say? Stay clear of that player. Be cautious this week because it takes one play. It's a lingering injury. It affects you all year. It could be four, five, six weeks and then still still not go all the way away and pop right back up and be another four, five, six-week thing. It, and it, he wrote tough. on the yeah. person I was speaking with. I, he works for D, uh, DLF. I wish I could remember his name so I can give him some pop props here. But uh, he was saying that you know to him that's a death sentence when it comes to fantasy football. So for you to, for two, you know, Julio's always hurt as well. I think that's a pretty drastic difference. So for ADP value, what can you get for Julio? If I can get AJ Green and something all day long, son. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, I, I like the offense that um, Julio is in better than AJ Green at this point. So I mean, I could see Does why Julio the, Jones score touchdowns. No, he doesn't ever. No, historically. No. Do you have more toes than? You probably have more toes and fingers than Julio has touchdowns. In his career? Probably. Come on now. Come on, son. He scores them in spurts, dude. Mm, I don't know, spurt on that. Okay. But, okay, <laughs> guys behind Julio, for example, like, for me, I know, I've said it a hundred times, Devontae Adams is behind Julio. 
I would take Devontae Adams straight up now, Paul Abdul style, for Julio Jones. No, I know you would, and and I th- and I would too, just because Julio is he's no he's not a spring chicken. Mm. I mean, neither is AJ Green. Mm. Both those guys are getting up he's there. He's a plucked chicken, right? So I mean, I would take Devontae Adams for free, for sure. But but you can get Devontae Adams and something, right? So if you're like, dude, I'll give you Julio for Devontae Adams in your second, and people are like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm like, oh, sweet. I would be so happy. Oh yeah. I'd go to bed with the biggest smile. Wife would be like, what'd you just do? What'd you <laughs> just do in the bathroom? Don't ask. Like, you don't want to know, baby. I just made the best trade ever. <laughs> so, I mean, for Julio, I would. what would I be looking for in Julio is I would look to get younger at the same position right. with somebody that I believed in, i.e. Uh, a Devontae Adams, maybe a Keen Allen and something back. You know, something along those lines of a player that I can that I like, a Tyree Kill and something. Yep. So that's what I would look for, Julio Jones. Next question, please. Um, I believe it is at ETL one two four FTG. Oh, that one. What would Stephen uh, Diggs be worth? I am sh- I am short running back, but have Odell, Mike Evans, and Cooper Cup for wide receiver with Gronk and uh, Gronk Ingram for tight end. Okay. First thing I would say there is you're not overly loaded at wide receiver if that's all you're telling me. So you have Odell Beckham and Mike Evans, which is pretty solid, and Cooper Cup, who I love, who's a solid wide receiver number three. But if one of those guys goes down, like Odell did last year, you're royally screwed. Or even just navigating bye weeks and stuff like yeah. that. I so mean, you kind of need tough. Stephon Diggs. Right. So with right now, the Stephon Diggs with the ADP of number 26, and you really want to get a receiver back or running back back, I mean, it'd be hard. I can't imagine with Stefan Diggs, you get it. Like, if all the running backs I'd want have a higher ADP. Right. Like right. Dalvin Cook, you're not going to get it. So if I was looking to move, move a receiver there, I would probably look to move Mike Evans in that situation. And I would try to get a running back and a receiver back for it. So I would try to look to get back, you know, with a Dalvin Cook, an ADP of 15, and Mike Evans with an ADP of 8. I would look to try and get back. Like, okay, can I get Dalvin Cook and a Robert Woods? Or maybe Robert Woods is probably too low. But something along those lines where no, that's a, that's I would a great a example. back yeah. and a receiver. Yep. So, and this is why we say when you take best player available, it's because it doesn't let you, in Dynasty, for example, why you want to take best player available. If it gives you depth, people always want to try and get the better player or trade away the player that's a little bit low, like a Stefan Diggs. When in reality, if you have a player that's producing somewhat close, is you want to trade away the bigger name and get more bang for your buck and have more depth to your team. And deep deep in your team, where if you make that move multiple times, all of a sudden you're stacked. Absolutely. No, that's a great it's a great strategy and, and, and I think that was a good person to to think about moving on from. I was also contemplating, you know, maybe moving on from Gronk. Um, at this point, his value is too low with the the whole retirement decision right. right now. He's literally impossible to move. But with Odell, that gives you the flexibility of moving a guy like Mike Evans. First of all, no, I agree. And yep. then you're you know you still have Diggs in the background. You'd have Cooper Cup. And then not only that, are you getting your running back, but you're also adding to the depth of the receiver, like we just said that you kind of needed anyways. Yep. So Mike Evans is actually the move there. Uh, and that's a good way to always approach all your dynasty teams like that. So if you have two good players that are somewhat close in your eyes, maybe a round or two in between, maybe you should look to flip the better player actually to get more in return and you're filling more holes and you're filling not only that, because sometimes we talk about, hey, would you give me uh, DeAndre Hopkins for Todd Gurley? 
where it's addition by subtraction, you're creating a hole that lets you fill both holes. Right. The other person creates that hole. Yep. Uh, moving on from this guy is Exa underscore G Duke Johnson. Now this is a pretty popular question right now. Right. Uh, I have Duke Johnson in Dynasty. The Browns draft Saquon Barkley. What does that do for Duke's value? Should I trade him now while he still has value? Think, Tricky question, yeah. And I think that hurts. I think I think a lot of people are in the same boat and they're thinking the same thing right now. I think a lot of people would be hesitant to, to trade for Duke Johnson because they're thinking the same thing. What if they draft the running back, his value drops. Right. And you're talking about a running back one here. This guy oh. was a running back one last year. Absolutely. Extremely explosive. Todd Haley's a new offensive coordinator. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell is one of the top pass catcher running backs in all of football. So Todd Haley's looking to get a guy like that the ball. Now, if they do draft Saquon Barkley, that does hurt his value pretty drastically. Big time. Yeah. But you got to remember, next year is his last year on his contract anyway. So Duke, a young player, I would look at it as what I could totally see Duke Johnson go into New England. That's a player that Bill Belichick would love. He would love to have that kind of player. Absolutely. And say we go to the 2019 season and Duke Johnson just got signed by the New England Patriots. We would be going crazy over it. Oh, yeah. Like, we would go back to just how we were crazy about Deion Lewis, and we told everybody to pick up Deion Lewis when he signed with New England. Yep. We referenced back to his situation in Cleveland. We'd be doing the same thing about a year and a half from now with Duke Johnson. So even though his value would drop a little bit, I would look at that as a time to buy low on Duke Johnson. I would be – if the Browns drafted Duke Johnson, I would be buying Duke Johnson. I mean, I'm sorry, if they drafted Saquon Barkley, I would be buying Duke Johnson because, okay – Next year, he's a free agent. He's still super young. He's going to go somewhere where he's going to be utilized. Hopefully, he goes to New England, and I just got myself a running back one for running back late, low-end running back two price. Right. No, that's a good. That's a very good point. I mean, but it, it does definitely – it definitely affects his value. So, I mean, if he goes there in the short term. So, if he goes there, I mean, you, you got to look for Duke to basically his, – his value to drop off this year pretty pretty drastic and i would buy yeah i would absolutely be buying you don't want to be selling at that point i mean because the time to, to sell is either now or or never basically yeah. so, so if you listen to the podcast obviously we're telling you not to sell but i bet a lot of people would be looking to sell right so we recommend that if they do draft saquon barkley buy and i would actually test the waters now on barkley i mean uh duke johnson just to see if people are worried about that, they might be looking to get out from Duke before the Browns draft a running back. They know Isaiah Correll is a free agent. So they know that for sure the Browns are going to bring in a running back. Right. They bring in a guy like Adarius Geis, then, you know, that's great for Duke Johnson. That's fantastic because he's going to be in the exact same role he was last year. Puts him in the position again to be a, you know, low-end running back one, very high-end running back two. So I would at least right now test the waters on Duke Johnson to see what the value is there. Right. If it's something that you can afford, it's in your price range. And if not, if they do draft Saquon Barkley, I would still be buying. Is that good enough for you? What do you think? Of yeah, that? no. If, I mean, for me personally, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be afraid to get out from underneath Duke Johnson at this point, like right, right now. now. Yeah. Um, just because I mean, I think he's. He's limited to just a pass catching role. I mean, he's never okay, going to be so a three. So Christian McCaffrey. No, I know, I, I know. You're not buying Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I, we talk about those guys all the time. They're worth I their weight in gold. I know. Dan Lewis's, Danny Woodheads, Christian McCaffrey. He's not going anywhere. We in a PPR league, 
We say we just did it. We did a show on it not too long ago. I think four of the top twelve running backs were all PPR guys. Yeah, I know. I just, I just for whatever reason, I don't love Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson's consistently in the top of PFF's most elusive uh, people with the ball in his hands. He is okay. Well, you wouldn't be buying. I am buying. Yeah. Listen, we can't agree on everything. No, we cannot. Okay. But you know, I'd go with the guy who's stronger. <laughs> today. <on>. today. <laughs> um. <laughs> Next question from at Greek underscore Yanni. What is the best way to determine the draft order for the following year? We have a playoff system in place for the bottom and the top six, but I don't think this is fair for the worst teams. No, I am so yeah. glad this question's asked. This is this is a good this is legitimate dynasty, you know, dynasty general question here. This is where I hope everybody's yeah. been paying attention and listening to the show long term, because if you're in a league like this, first of all, you need to put a stop to it. It's completely unfair. Completely unfair. Right. There's absolutely no way in hell that the bottom six teams should have a playoff for the top top pick. The worst team should always have the bit the best pick, right? Right, right absolutely. So how the hell is the worst team going to win a playoff? How the hell is the worst team ever going to, yeah, right, exactly, get anything better than, like, the fifth pick, which is not going to help them all that much. It's and a, you'll, you'll never get out of the basement. It, it's, it's the quickest way to have your whole dynasty league fall apart right people are going to quit because the guy who has the worst team also then gets the sixth pick he's going to quit right how he's how am i supposed to get better listen this is very simple for anybody and i don't care what league you say you are in and how long you've been doing it if you do it that way you're doing it wrong okay the t- bottom six teams that don't make the playoff under any circumstance the worst team should always have the number one pick the second one worst team should always have the number two pick Always. And so on and so forth. And so on. Yeah. That's the way it should work. Every time. No playoffs. Nothing else. That's it. Clear, cut and dry, right? Black and white. Black and white. Easy peasy. Now, we do have a unique rule in all our leagues here for the playoffs. Right. Okay. Now, top six make the playoffs. Yes, they do. And usually, the top four make it into money. Okay. In our in our leagues, in our leagues. yeah, top I, four making the money. I, I believe some. I mean, it's sixty thirty ten. So top three making the money, but irrelevant. Now, if you're first eliminated in the playoffs, you're playing for the seventh and eighth pick. Correct. There's no motivation to win that game. Technically, you could see in a lot of leagues people somewhat kind of tanking it in the second round of the playoffs because they want the higher pick in they the loser the, in the in loser, loser bracket. bracket. Yeah. So our rule, and we recommend this for all leagues as well. Again. After playing Dynasty for 15 years, we've, we've learned to fix a lot of nuances in the league to make it stay extremely fair and competitive. Right. We have the second game for the loser's bracket. The winner of that game actually gets the higher draft pick. Right. They would pick seventh instead of... Instead of eighth. Instead and that's the eight. only yep. pick that we do it as because the rest get money and that's, that's, what they're, that's what they're playing for. Right. So the seventh and eighth pick, that first loser brackets, they play for the higher pick. That way you're trying to win, it gives you something to play for, and there's no tanking involved at all, and there's no integrity issues. Because, again, you want long-term dynasty leagues, integrity is the most important thing for that league. Once you lose that, people quit. Yeah, people get – they just get on – they get in it uninterested, and they just get out of it, man. And the people that you lose are the people that have integrity because they're like, listen, I'm not going to be in this league, which leaves you the guys that are the – you know the guys you don't want in your league, that you the want to scumbag dirt the bags. low dirt bags of the team. <laughs> yeah. So again, absolutely not. Do you ever ever have a playoff system for the bottom six? I've had this question thrown at me so many times in leagues I'm even in. 
Hey, maybe we should have a bi- playoff for the bottom six. Dude, I'm out if you do that. I'm 100% out. I would, If I won a league four times in a row at the best team in the world and you're going to do that, I would still, even though I wasn't going to be in the bottom six, I would quit the league. Yeah, that's, it's just, it's not how I would prefer to run my leagues. Here. It's why you can't allow tanking. It's the same reason. You can't, once you allow somebody to tank once, it opens the door for everybody to tank. Right. Well, people think that eliminates tanking, you know, because there's no incentive to tank if you have a playoff. I think that's the argument to have the playoff in the bottom six. It is. But the th- that's but, always the argument thrown to me is like, well, it eliminates tanking. Right. No, it's not. Just pay attention. Just eliminate tanking from your league. Make it a rule that they can't tank. And if they tank, there's penalties. I mean, it, it's just that simple. And then you can have a normal, you know, fair draft order like like we proposed. And don't let me come at you like, well, what defines tanking, man? You know, what if I want to start, you know, player A over player P? All right, dude, it's well, a smell test, man, yeah. and it's it's pretty easy. You exactly, know? dude. Like, if you're gonna start, you know, Kelvin Benjamin over AJ Green, for example, and you're like, listen, dude, and you come to the point like, I thought, you know, AJ had a tough matchup versus uh, Xavier Rhodes. Uh, I liked Kelvin this week because okay, that's fine. That's a legitimate right. Excuse, and, and, you and if you mean? can't and if you can't figure it out with one person, like as a commissioner, then appoint three people in your league. To be the people that vote on whether or not something was tanking, right. and there, there it is. You have three guys that everyone has voted on and says, "Hey, you guys figure out if somebody was tanking or not," and everyone just takes their medicine from those three guys and and whatever. And you have very stiff penalties, right? Exactly. And, and you know what? After the second time, you just kick the person out of the fucking league. Yeah. Uh, but for the most Whoa. part, yeah. Rich getting pissed. But dude, nothing drives me crazier than that. And I actually got in this long debate in the league last year about this, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, you just don't tank. And it, yep. a lot of times, tanking's pretty clear in day. It's cut and dry. Like, you do, that's clear. It, here's tanking, right? You start, uh, you, you start Jeremy Hill over Kareem Hunt. Right. No. That's tanking. Right. Absolutely. Right? That is tanking. You start Deion Lewis over Kareem Hunt because Kareem Hunt's playing the number one run defense and New England's playing a pretty good, you know, defense that allows pass catcher running backs to have games that okay you have an argument that's not defined tanking right i agree all right moving on moving on yeah. next one from at ff crusher as we move down here a little bit this one asks jerick mckinnon what are you buying and selling him for now as we all know jerick mckinnon is a free agent he is a free agent he's only 25 years old he is he's he a is. young buck i am Buying. I'm buying. I'm definitely buying Jarek McKinnon. It's kind of hard the way this is worded. It's kind of a broad question, so it's hard to be like, "Hey, I'm buying him for this, or yes. I'm selling him for that." But I'm definitely in line to buy the guy in PPR leagues only. In, in PPR leagues, obviously, because that's where his biggest value is. And, and as far as what you're going to get for him, and or or what you're going to, you know, give up for him, it's kind of tough to say. I think. I think. The time to buy Jerry McKinnon actually is right now. Right too. before free agency hits, for because sure. Because once it hits, his price is most likely, if he signs quickly, his price is most likely going to go up. Yeah, I agree. You know, if he lands in a spot like San Francisco, that's pretty good value right. in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Yep. If he lands in New England, that's pretty good value in Bill Belichick's offense. Right, no, and there, there could definitely be a spot opening there, opening up there with, with both Burkhead going up and... Uh, and Deion Lewis, both hitting free agency Eggs. as well. Yeah, so let's see where it goes. If he lands in Miami with Kenyon Drake, and Kenyon Drake's clear-cut 1-2 down back, but they're still not 100% sure on him, so McKinnon could possibly sneak his way in there, but still be locked in the third down back, 
that still holds his value good. Right. I mean, like Houston or something like that. He could easily replace a guy like Lamar Miller, who, I, who I think is he, I think he's better than. Who Miller might be a cap casualty, which right. I predict anyways. And yep. then you get a guy like Deontay Foreman and McKinnon. Again, clearly locked in as a third down back, but with the possibility to be the starter as well. I think McKinnon's value is pretty viable right now. Yep. So I am testing the waters on Jarek McKinnon and seeing what his cost is because I think what the cost is today will be well worth it tomorrow. I agree. Okay. Moving on, shall we? Yep. Next question, please. Um, Let's see. It's from RX Matt. RX Matt. I'll read this question, Matt. What does it say? What is the value of Sammy Watkins in short bench dynasty, specifically in terms of equivalent running back value? Took third last year, hopefully contending this year. Hoping for Matt's take on this, JK, you both are great, but mostly, oh, but really mostly Matt's. So first of all, Mr. Uh, Matthew <laughs> McCarty, you can suck it, okay? Yeah, you can suck it. Rich doesn't take kindly to this kind of treatment. Yeah, obviously you like weaker men, uh, clearly. <laughs> Clear as day. And I'm okay with that. You know what? I'm not even going to make a single comment on this. Matt, the court is yours. Oh, is it? The, Matt the Matt. The ball right? is in my court. Um, Eminem will just call you Marshall Mathers. All right. Well, I mean, obviously the Sammy Watkins still holds a, some pretty good value, but... Um, He's not, sh- he'll never be a number one receiver. I, I'm not sure about Yeah, exactly. That's, I'm not really sure on short benches, dynasty leagues. I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking of a guy like Devontae Freeman or somebody like that is who I'd be looking at at the most. I mean, it it's very hard to get great running back value for a guy like Sammy Watkins at this point. Yeah, his ADP right now is currently 34, but he is behind Derrick Henry. Um, I mean, but would you rather have Derrick Henry or him? I would rather have Sammy Watkins. Yeah, exactly. But now he's ahead of guys like Alshon, Juju Smith, Josh Gordon. I would rather have all three of those guys. But, I mean, he's he's specifically asking about equivalent running back. Yeah, so if I look at running backs behind him, you're talking about a guys like Carlos Hyde. I mean, I'm taking Sammy there. You're talking about guys like LaShawn McCoy. But what about, like, what, what about Jordan Howard? I mean, Jordan Howard is right there below him. I don't want, anything, I don't want him either there. I think if I'm trading Sammy for a running back, I'm going to get into the top three of this rookie draft, and I'm going to gamble on trying to get a, a good guy. You know and what I mean? You think you can get to the top three with Sammy Watkins right now? It's I, I think that's a, a bit rich for anyone's taste at this point. That's why I was thinking. Yeah, with well, ADP you of might 34, be, why couldn't you? I mean, in some league, maybe not everywhere. You you would have to sweeten the pot. I think you you, you know you you give Sammy and somebody else to get a guy like De, Devontae Freeman. Or Melvin Gordon or something like that. You probably have to sweeten the pot. Yeah, that's what I mean. Because the same thing. I'm not buying. Sam- I mean, I, I'm the biggest Sammy truth throughout. I love him. Right. But I one, I don't. We don't even know what's going to happen to him. Does he stay in for the, the Rams? If he does, does that hurt him? You know, because he's surrounded by guys that he already trusts with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Robert Woods, right? Yeah. Uh, which most likely, you know, he might stay in the Rams. He's going to do a new system. Uh, you know, Sammy Watkins. I'm convinced he's never going to be a true number one receiver, but he could be a really good number two receiver, which would still be really good for fantasy football. A la kind of like a Jarvis Landry type receiver would be like you would hope his ceiling with just a little bit less catches there. I mean, I I would personally like to see Sammy Watkins move on and, and get to another team myself because I, I mean, I, he just didn't realize his value at all there last year. No, we were actually talking about this earlier. Nowhere I would like to see him, Carolina. Really. Offset and Devin Funches. What about like what about like Atlanta offset and oh. Julio? Oh. Could you imagine that? I just did. Yeah. Hold on, exactly. I need, a, I need a minute. That'd be amazing, right? Oh, I'm so relaxed. Right so I mean that would That's be great. Good, ooh, that'd be great. Yeah. But it, it, 
And okay. and he would eventually he could eventually slide right into that spot once once Julio mm. went over the hill, mm. a la you know Roddy White. You know, can't he wait was kind of one of those. Yeah, no kidding. But yeah, you're right. You know, it's Muhammad Sanu, uh, kind of scenario where, but better. I think that, he's better. Be I think he's spot. I think he's better than Muhammad. Seattle Sanu. would be a good spot for him. Yeah, but they don't throw the ball that much. Yeah, man. but it's I hard mean, the short intermediate routes maybe something up Sammy's alley. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't like him with the Rams. So. I don't either. I'd like to see him move on personally. Um, so, I mean, that's what I'm, I'm, those are the guys that I would be targeting. And I think that you're going to have to sweeten the pot a little bit, uh, you know, Devonte Freeman type of guy or Melvin Gordon, but I think you're gonna have to sweeten the pot. Let's to move do on. It. Yep. We've got a lot of questions to get through here and time's ticking too much talking about Netflix. All right. Uh, at fantasy FX RSO asks what to do with Alshon sell high or keep around. I say he just signed a long-term extension. He's locked in with Carson Wentz. He's the number one receiver on the Super Bowl champion teams. I am Keeping Alshon Jeffrey as my high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one. Alshon's always made me nervous, um, so I, I would I would be cool selling him personally. Okay. Um, I'm buying. Okay. Well, actually, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily buying. I'd be holding. But I bought him from you last year for pick 1-7, which turned out to be Evan Ingram. I think we're both happy with that trade. I think so. Yep. Okay. Coming out of here, um, next question is from Eric G. Knowles. He asked, how would Derrick Henry coming out of Alabama rank this year in the 2018 crop of running backs? Uh, everybody in the Dynasty universe loves Derrick Henry. There just so happens to be two people that don't like Derrick Henry. Staring at Dynasty, each other. And it just so happens to be both of us. Yeah. I, um, I, running back five? Yeah, probably five. I'd rather go the upside of Ronald Jones and have Derrick Henry. Me too. And obviously uh, Sony Michelle and Geis and Saquon Barkley would like clearly be ahead of him in my in my eyes. Yeah, and you know what? Nick Chubb Nick Chubb to me is kind of like in the same boat of a of Derrick Henry. You know, in between the tackles kind of runner, nah, not really something I'm looking different. to get. They're no, I'm talking about fantasy production wise. Right. Where, you know, you don't look at Derrick Henry as to be outside runner. He's in the in the, in between tackles runner who has really good speed with his size, but is looking for that big run. He's touchdown dependent, not catching a lot of balls. Yeah. I don't see Nick Chubb catching a lot of balls. I see him as a harder time getting on the outside edge because of his speed. Uh, so I see him as an in-between-the-tackles runner that's going to be a little bit more touchdown-dependent. So when it comes to fan, I'm not saying they're the same running back. I'm saying for fantasy production-wise, yeah. I see them somewhat closer. Whole reason when we did our mock drafts, why we were down on Nick Chubb. So, again, I'm not all in on Derrick Henry, so I'd see him at the bottom of the first round. I, I would see him there as well. And, and uh, he might creep into the... 10 ish, 10, 8, 8, 9, 10 area. I would take Mark Andrews and Dallas, Dallas Goddard right now ahead of Derrick Henry. You guys can all laugh at me all you want, but that's what I would do. Again, we said all the time Derrick Henry's value is so high right now with an ADP of 33 ahead of guys like Juju Smith, Josh Gordon. If you're asking me if I want Josh Gordon and his risk over Derrick Henry, the answer is a big hail yeah, without a doubt. You'll put that stuff in your pipe and smoke it. You dump or smoke that all day long with him. <laughs> Um, next question comes from Eric, uh, at, from Mr. Hashman, Damaris Thomas. Should I hold on to D, D Thomas for another year or trade him? What pick should I look in again? If I do trade him, I would absolutely throw Damaris Thomas's name out there and see what I can get. But unfortunately, most likely you're not going to get much. No, I mean, at, at this point in his career, I mean, you're looking at, I mean, a second, a second round, pick. round pick. Yeah. That's what you're looking for. And you might as well hold that point. Right. Listen. We, kind of like a scenario we talk about a lot. At that point, in the offseason, he's not an offseason mover. No, he's definitely not. He's an in-season mover, yep. and you just hope he starts hot 
because then you move him and you see what you can get. Because you're not going to get a, likely a first next year. You hope he starts hot and you get a first in 2019. Well, you, I mean, the hope is that they bring in a quarterback that doesn't stink. You know, hopefully they bring a, a Kirk, Kirk Cousins Cousin type of type yeah. of guy in, and they that he's actually producing. So you can you can unload him in season to a, some sort of contender. Okay. Next one comes from at Blake two one four eight. Is Joe Mixon a long term uh, answer in Cincinnati? Uh, it, it's to be determined. I still like Joe Mixon there. I still like Bill Lazor uh, helping out there a little bit and more than a pass catcher and roll with Jeremy Hill gone this off season. He should have a little bit more of a defined role. I am a little bit worried how strong Gio Bernard came in at the end of last year. He looked fantastic Gio. So, but they are investing with the second round pick. He's going to be around for a while. He's on a good contract. So we will find out on Joe Mixon. This oh year. yeah. I mean, this is obviously going to be the year. They're not going to bring back Jeremy Hill or anything like that. So Again, for where you drafted him in that draft class, you're not selling. No. Cause you took him too high. He's got the skill set to be in every down back yeah. too. So, I mean, it's one of those. You're things. not going to get fair return. So no. you're holding, you're going to ride that train out. We had another question about him comes from at green underscore Dinos. He says, Mixon um, in a startup, where do you take him? His ADP currently right now is right around is ADP 25. 25 yep. I think that's right about right. Me personally, I would move him down right to the high-end 30s because I would take Jarvis Landry, Corey Davis, Allen Robinson, Stephon Diggs ahead of him, and those are all four guys that are literally right behind him. So you have ADP with Joe Mixon at 25, and then next goes Diggs, Robinson, Corey Davis, Jarvis Landry. Those are all guys I would take ahead of him, and then I would probably most likely take a Joe Mixon. I mean, I would I would probably even take a guy like Kelsey who's behind him as well. Um just because he's such a, a big time playmaker. Yeah, you're right. Actually, you know what? I would take Juju Smith out right, of him. Right. Uh, so, Joe so Mixon. I could. I mean, Joe, I could see. I could see the third round being where I started messing with Joe Mixon. Because you want know to why? Like guys like that are going to be good. Yep. When you when you commit a guy in dynasty startups that high of an ADP of 25, like you said, where do we see him? We don't know. You don't know. Uh, he's too much of a question mark to take in the second round. Anybody me. that does tell you they know, they don't know, and they're lying to you. So. In a startup draft, I hate taking players like Sammy Watkins, Joe Mixon. Right. Guys that we like and we think are there, but listen, their ADP for me, it's too much of a gamble when I come away with uh, – and you can make the same case for Corey Davis. He oh, hasn't yeah. proved anything. But, again, I'd rather gamble on Corey Davis because I took him higher in my startup draft anyways. In our redraft, I took sure. him higher anyways. Yeah, you had him, you had him ranked higher all yeah. along. But give me Stephon Diggs easily there, yep. right? Yep. Absolutely. Easy. These are Jarvis guys- Landry easily these are guys that you're going to immediately plug into your starting lineup whereas in joe mixon you think you're gonna be able to put him in your starting lineup week one and feel good about that no not really yeah and then you don't you no one's no one's for sure yeah yeah and if i want to take risk if i'm gonna take a risk on a guy why would i take a risk on a guy at 25 when i can wait all the way down to 60 and take a Kenyon drake or duke johnson which fantasy wise you know could offer just as good as a return exactly of what joe mixon is offering yep you know too much of a risk for what I'm I'm going for there. Next question comes from um, at eight oh four the double oh seven. What would you need on top of the one one for David David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell, and why? Uh, not much, <laughs> nothing. Right? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't want it. You'd be happy again. It, it's a straight up trade. If you're giving Le'Veon Bell for Swan Barkley, there's nothing more you're giving up. That's a straight up trade. Nobody's giving you more than David Johnson for 1-1. One, one. 
I wouldn't expect more for David Johnson. Now, I would rather have 1-1 than 26-year-old David Johnson who's coming off wrist surgery on an Arizona Cardinals team that has no quarterback whatsoever, a beat-up offensive line, a new head coach, a new offensive system. Give me Saquon Barkley, personally. Well, I mean, I guess that's still yet to be determined where he's going to go. Yeah. But I totally see your point. Yep. Like, if somebody said, hey, I'll give you David Johnson for 1-1, I would take 1-1. Okay. Personally. Right. A lot of people would take DJ. So yeah. it, it's it's I'm gonna get I'm gonna get six years younger there at the position, okay? Right. And I'm gonna get to me the more more talented running back. Right. David Johnson did come in, in the league pretty old. Yeah. yeah. And Saquon Barkley does a lot of what David Johnson does, but he's a little bit more electric and he's a better pass blocker. So I mean talking about Saquon Barkley here. So I'm gonna get younger for an upside again that I see as somebody as one one. I don't see David Johnson getting back to one one. I right, think there's just too right. much talent in the league. I think this is the deepest we've ever seen running back in a very long oh, time in long Dynasty. Time. Definitely. So when you got guys like Zeke Elliott, and they're young too, Dalvin, Fournette, Bell, David Johnson, Zeke, Hunt, Kamara. Yep. It's deep. And now we're taking guys that were super high. Like we're talking about guys, Devontae Freeman, who we're kind of somewhat like I'm somewhat down on. He's always on like running back 10. Yep. Yeah, you know? and that I mean, he was running back one and one and two like in the past few years, going going back a couple of years. So, I, yeah. I even mentioned guys like Christian McCaffrey. Right. I mean, Jesus, it, it's so deep. It, it's been a crazy couple of years here for running back. It, it, the tide has turned. Yes, I love fantasy. I love dynasty. That's why you play dynasty. You see the long term uh, swings here. Moving on to um, Snoochie Bucci. Yeah, that's a name for you right there. Moving on to the Snoochie Bucci's does. Do McCaffrey and Kamara have the profile to likely become three down backs? Well, one well, out of two ain't bad. One, yeah, fifty percent of that isn't bad. So Kamara obviously is the guy that we're looking at as a three down back. Whereas McCaffrey, I don't think he profiles as a three down back. Zero point zero percent chance McCaffrey will ever be a three down back. Everything we read about his scouting reports that we gave you on our rookie profile tape saying that hey, this guy is not a three down back. Right. Uh, he's a pass catching back, which I mentioned earlier. There's nothing wrong with that. He's still a running back one catching footballs, but he will never be a three down back. Hunt is. Yeah, and then the, there's a second part to that question: Will Will Ware eat into Hunt's workload? Absolutely not. I don't think so at all. Ware's no. time has come and gone. And it's gone. Yeah, and he can even be a cap casualty just because. He signed that contract extension. They might want to just go younger or something else there altogether. Yeah, they're absolutely they're tied up against the cap. Um, that's part of the reason that they had to get rid of Alex Smith. So, uh, moving on here. Yep. Next question at Regano underscore Jaden. Hey guys, love the show. I have recently taken over an orphan team. The league is a twelve team half point PPR two QB superflex league. I do own Dak Prescott, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Deshaun Watson as my QBs. What do you think of trying to move Watson for Luck and Ty Hilton? I really need better wide receivers and running backs. Uh, Ugh. No. Yeah, not not for me. Not not with you know Luck's shoulder issues uh, and all that. I, I'm not going to move Watson for for Luck at this point. No, Watson showed too much. Yeah. He's almost, he's almost nine years younger than uh, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Yeah. Andrew's Luck's shoulder right now is a huge concern. Right. He's going to a team where Frank Wright is now the head coach. Frank Wright as offensive coordinator, I think, has only had like 2,000-yard receivers. So I need to see a little bit more from Luck. I want to see Frank Wright's offense with that as well. Uh, I want to see, most of all, Luck. And T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton, you know, without Luck, 
isn't going to be as valuable. No, he's and not. How does luck come back? And T.Y. Hilton's going up there in age as well for a receiver that relies on speed, which is the strength of his game. I absolutely want Watson here. And if I'm looking to make a move, I'm not trading Watson for luck and T.Y. What I, the move I would make is I would get rid of Dak in that situation and use Dak's youth for either a really good running back or a good receiver. Maybe actually probably somebody better. Dak straight up in a super flex league. I wouldn't focus on with Watson's youth and Jimmy Garoppolo, who I believe in Jimmy Garoppolo is a stud. Absolute stud. If I was in a super flex startup league, Jimmy Garoppolo would be very high on quarterback list that I am targeting. Okay. Right on. So I'd be looking to roll with Watson and Dak, uh, Watson and Garoppolo trade Dak to fill that position of need and get a really good player in return. And then draft one of these rookie quarterbacks to fill in as my backup and a rotational player, and then maybe pick up some pieces on the road, i.e., like a tie, like a guy like you know Josh McCown or Teddy Bridgewater, something could be my fill-in gap during my bye weeks if needed. And at the same time, you don't have to worry about overly the third quarterback as well. I think because remember the Superflex League still be filled with a positional player. So if you're looking for the one week bye, I have no problem throwing a pretty good running back in there, a receiver to fill in the one bye. I'm not worried about I must have that third quarterback. Right. No, I'd be much more comfortable having the two stud quarterbacks and using that third to fill a position of need, i.e. wide receiver or running back. I mean, if I if without knowing the full composition of his, of his team, it's kind of tough to answer that question. I just answered it. But I could see I could definitely see moving one of those guys and and, and getting something in return. Who would you move? Yeah. I I'm with you on Garoppolo. Keep Garoppolo. Um. It's a, it is a tough decision uh, for Dak and Watson because, I mean, obviously Watson did awesome, but he came in and got injured. Yeah. And, and you know, how much of that how much of that production was because they were doing gimmicky stuff that was basically a college offense that who knows how long that they're going to be able to actually pull that stuff off for. So, I mean, Watson is such a small sample size. It might, it might not be bad to cash in right now on him because who knows if he's going to have long-term success. He had very short-term success and then got injured. Um, but I, I'm just not sure if that's going to be sustainable long term. And, and we've seen guys do this before. We, we've seen look at look at RG three his first year in the league. Uh-huh. I mean, they were running basically the Baylor offense, and he looked awesome, rookie of the year. And then they started incorporating more NFL style stuff, and the guy just didn't it didn't translate anymore. So to me, Watson might not be that bad of a person to move. I I mean, because. Obviously, you've got two years of information on Dak. Garoppolo's looked good. He's been in the league for several years and done nothing but win and, See, Dak, and look good doing Dak, it. Dak, to me, kind of took a step back last year. He, I mean, um, he definitely did. Dez is worse. He hasn't had over 1,000. He hasn't, ever have, hasn't had over 100-yard receivings in almost two years. Uh, so there, Dez might be a casualty. He could be. If, he, if Garrett doesn't win this year, there's a good chance he might be out. So that might be a new system that comes in as well. We then we so we're sitting there. We don't know who the receiver is. They might opt to run the board not the ball more. Anyways, now that Zeke is fully back, but a part of part of the reason that Dak took a, a step back was because he 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 wasn't getting so much reception production out of his running back, right? True. And Zeke True. Zeke is back. True. So I mean, you're right. You're right there. It's one of those a lot things, of question marks there. Where it, right? It's a hard. It's a very DeAndre hard Hopkins question. to me is like okay. You're yeah. like Eli's gonna be better next year because he's gonna have Odell Beckham back. You know. So to me, it's like. How bad is he going to be with DeAndre Hopkins? No, I mean, I, I got you. Yeah, it's a very hard question. And, I mean, to be honest, you, you might want to look other places on your team to fill those spots. You know, those are three good quarterbacks, and you're in a two-quarterback league. Those are primo guys, man, and, and, and you'll have them for a long time. You might want to just start 
looking elsewhere to to fill voids. You know. Okay. Uh, next question comes from at Matthew J eighty seven. Potential landing spots for AR Allen Robinson and his current value. So Allen Robinson's current value right now is his ADP. I think we just mentioned it was right around thirty. I think somewhere uh, right around there. Twenty seven. Yep. And where's his potential landing spots? Anywhere there needs anybody needs a receiver. It could be it could be the Jets. It could be the Browns. It could be San Francisco. Lots up in the air. Yeah, it's, it, that's such a. And he's a, a big question one. mark. You yeah. know, fresh. You know, uh, rookie year looked good. Sophomore year, fantastic. Year after that, mm, right. not so good. Right. You know, really, people look put press coverage on Allen Robinson, and he really struggled versus press coverage. Can he overcome that? Now he's coming off a, you know, ACL where he's out for the entire year, so he's coming off that as well. He's a big question mark. I'm still in on Allen Robinson. Yeah, I mean, he's super young, 24 I'm years old. I'm a believer. Yeah. Loved him coming out of Penn yep. State, too, when the Browns to draft him. But, again, he's a big question mark because not only that he's coming off the injuries, but he's also coming off back to a bad year. So he's coming off, you know, off data-wise and statistically-wise to back-to-back terrible years. Right. And, I mean, and it's so hard to figure out where these some of these guys are going to land because, I mean, there's going to be surprise cuts and stuff like that, so there's going to be unexpected spots open money right is he going to sign a short-term contract just because of everything we just said he's on a prove a deal kind of like an alshon jeffrey where he signed a one-year deal comes in proves it they re-sign him to a long-term deal same year is that the kind of situation as well we'll wait to find out so his value right now i think right around we said you said 27 i think that's really fair for Allen robinson i think even at adp i think we see once these rookies get involved you're going to see once you enter these rookies which the the ADP is going to come out next month with rookies in it. I think you're going to see Allen Robinson drop a little bit more, which I think will actually be a little bit more fair. I think mid to late third round is right where Allen Robinson should be. Next question is easy from at X C M E R J a nine one nine one. Uh, as of today, would you sell Todd Gurley? Uh, answer is no, no moving on. Yeah. He's running back one. Next question comes from at Bradalark Town. Mark Ingram, what's his value? If you can get a late first, do you take it? Yes, you take the first. Yeah, I think that's. I mean, that's right where his sell point is. I think for me, right, right at the late first. If you can get that, I think it's time. Yeah, because listen, this is probably like we said most last. We, we mentioned him earlier right. last year in New Orleans. Most likely, have a hard time getting a job after that. Going down, you get a late first. You can probably take a gamble on a running back if you want. Probably good receiver position there if you need to worst case you come away with either like a mark andrews dallas goddard i would take both goddard and andrews over a guy like mark andrew mark ingram in my long-term dynasty right I, I mean obviously mark ingram's gonna have a better this year coming up better 2018 than anyone you're gonna get at the end of the first round but long-term play is to get rid of him yep i agree i agree with you uh next question comes from at sean bodkin all rookie running backs are landing spot dependent but whose skill set is the most true this is for which landing spot's more agnostic? Obviously, Saquon Barkley, wherever he lands, he's great. I think the most dependent spot is a guy like Ronald Jones. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, six we, foot, right. but only 200 pounds, so he's real lean. Explosive playmaker. Don't know about his catching ability, but he's really explosive with the ball. He's going to be a scheme fit guy. Guy I really like a lot in the right system is going to probably be right around number five overall for me. In the wrong system, I could see him dropping to about eight, nine, right yeah, around there. I, I totally agree. That was that was exactly what I had in mind there. 
Uh, well. Next one from Eric J. Birds. Nelson Aguilar, what's his value? What are we doing with him? His stock is one of the highest rising stocks of Dynasty last year. This is a guy when we did our rookie, uh, our Dynasty startup mock, that we took one of our last picks. We preached Aguilar saying, hey, this is a great guy you want to take late for the investment. Former first-round pick. Takes time to come into his own. All of a sudden, now he goes from one of the last picks in your startup to ADP 69. I think that's a right about right. 69. I think yep. 69 mm-hmm. is a great number. Gronk loves it. I love it. You love it. Uh-huh. Uh, so I think that's his value right around there. Right around a wide receiver three. Right. No, and that's that's great You know, return of value for him because really it had bottomed out the year before that. I mean, there, there was a lot of talk, you know, that, that he wasn't a great fit and he had attitude issues and stuff like that in Philly. And then all of a sudden, you know, he even got a, a week off, I think, last year, you know, just to kind of clear his head. And that's that seemed to really, you know, turn his turn his whole game around and, and coming into this year like really fresh. And, and it, it turned out really well for him. Absolutely. So yeah. I like Nelson Aguilar. I think he's a nice hold. If you can buy him real cheap, I would I would be buying. But mm-hmm. remember, he is one of those guys that have some really big games and he's going to have some really mediocre games as well, which will average out to probably solid wide receiver three games, just like he did in the Super Bowl, which is a nice little game there. But you got Alshon number one, Zach Ertz as number two, and then you mix in a guy like Nelson Aguilar. Playing out of the slot, still a pretty good receiver. Last question of this show from at RH247, whole bunch of zeros, Poe, Alex Collins, I don't get it. Why is everybody so high on him? I don't understand. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys where, um, I mean, he played well when he got the opportunity, so I can see, you know, why people are. Yeah, Arish thinks he's a flash in the pan. And now listen, most likely, Kenyon Drake, uh, Alex Collins, one of these guys is going to be a flash in the pan. No, absolutely. That's what history is going to tell us. Yep. But here's the facts. Why is everybody so high on him? His ADP is 86. I think it's a really good spot for him. Yeah, right that's now. not super duper high, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good – because, listen, that juice might be worth the squeeze. It's why people are high on him because he showed pretty well at the end of the year. Yeah, he, he came in hot. It's a team that needs a running back. Same thing for Miami. He comes in, he's hot on a team that needs a running back. Let's see how the draft plays out. They still have a guy like Danny Woodhead there, too. So kind of takes it, yeah. I mean. it, for teams that have needs, those are two teams that have a lot of needs elsewhere. Yep. So they have someone that came at the end of the season hot. Why wouldn't you give them another chance? Right. They're probably not going to address it in the draft or anything like that. So, they, right. yes, maybe be a flash in a pan and next year not be as good. Yes. But the reason it's so hot is because these running backs are so needy. Anybody who's the starter gets immediate value. We looked at guys like Paul Perkins at the beginning of the year last year. Ugh. One of these guys, somebody's going to be a Paul Perkins this year. With the end of the year as a starter, we like him. We think he has a good chance, and they just flash in a pan. They fizzle out. Maybe that's Alex Collins. Maybe it's Kenyon Drake. Maybe it's somebody else. Who knows? Maybe it's Darius Geis. Gotta we don't out. know. Get out your crystal balls. Nope, nope, not doing it. One time <laughs> only, baby. <laughs> do want to turn those things blue. No. Can't, can't see through that. So um, I think Alex Collins, I don't think the hype is that high, but I am interested in Alex Collins. No, I, I, yeah, I, I think the juice is worth the squeeze. And and at that price, I mean, 86, I mean, what are you giving up, a second-round pick for Alex Collins? Oh, I'd if, much rather have Alex Collins. Yeah, so, I mean, no big deal. You yeah, know, like if, if somebody's that, if, offering me a, a second-round pick for Alex Collins, dude, all over it. Yep. So there I mean, go. Aaron Jones is going ahead of him, right? Uh, Derrick Henry's going ahead of him. I mean, he should see the news that they might move Ty Montgomery back to the wide receiver. I did see that news. Interesting. Very interesting. I'd be very interested indeed. 
but he's a, he's an explosive player. Yeah, that time is coming gone. Yes. If you give me, if you take one running back in Green Bay, who are you taking? Man, I'm taking Aaron Jones. I know you're taking Aaron Jones, and I want to, but Jamal Williams also produced pretty well there, so it's it's, it's hard. One. Yeah. Going back to my uh, big rant I did in our last rookie show one year ago today, when everybody was taking Jamal Williams really high, and I go, why wouldn't you just take Aaron Jones two rounds later? I mean, I did that. I have both of them. So I mean, you listen to me. I know. I was I was lucky enough. Your elder, your strength coach, <laughs> strength coach, your rich. mentor, exactly. So that's. I think this is one of the longest shows we've done all year. Oh God, yeah, it is. I was like, dude, this show's gonna be easy. We're just gonna answer a couple questions, get in, get out. Yeah. So much for that. It's all that bench pressing. We got a lot of testosterone. I, I guess so. It's ramble so on here. If you have any questions that you want to answer that have not already been answered through this plethora of awesomeness, I'm gonna call the show the potpourri. Of awesomeness. All right. I like uh, it. Hit us up on Twitter. You can hit me up at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. All these uh, questions came from at the, our hitter account. Uh, was that what it's called? The hitter account? I guess. What's it called? I the don't fake know. Account? The burn, I'm sorry. The, the burner? Account, at Dynasty Nerds. There you go. We got over 10,000 followers. Nice, man. We're so popular. This happens when you start benching a lot of weight. Uh, yeah. People want to follow you around. Up like, with your bench. Up with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I ain't protecting nobody. I'm hiding behind a rock. Uh so you can follow at Dynasty Nerds. Like we mentioned earlier, make sure you get on there and jump on our Facebook page. If you do enjoy the show and you have an Apple iPhone, hop on iTunes. Give us a rating and review. We appreciate it. Rich loves them. I check it all the time. We're at 456, Matt. Holy cow. Wasn't it like just a month ago we were like, oh, we're at 400. This is awesome. Yeah. No, and then you are like 440, and then I was like, oh, okay. We're at 456. Oh, nice. So with your help, we can get to 500. So if you like the show, all we ask is take 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 a minute and a half of your day, hop on there, click five stars, leave a review saying, "Hey, I don't. I'm not just here for Matt's stupid opinion about Sammy Watkins. I'm here for Rich's opinion too." I mean, that guy bench press is 300 pounds. Did Matt you, only 295. Did you not hear how many times that guy was right? Did you not hear his bold predictions episode? Mm-hmm. This guy said Alvin Kamara was gonna be fantastic. He saw it coming. Both of them saw, thought Kareem Hunt was one of the top running backs in a rookie class when everybody else was saying you should take him in the second round. Not uh, these two fellows. Unbelievable. You should listen to this podcast. Five stars. We appreciate it. <laughs> and, of course, get to DynastyNerds.com every single next day. Uh, next week, we're going to be back and do a, a tribute episode to our friend Paul Hodges and talk about NFL free agency, who to buy, who to sell, and who should go where. Nice. Until then, let's go dark. Hasta la pasta. <laughs> Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.